Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'm here with Claudia McGuire, who is on our ministry team. You can read her bio on our website if you want to know more about Claudia. Claudia and I, as we talked with our home ministry team several months ago, we realized that we want, we feel like women need to particularly know that you are on God's team and that God will use you because we dealt with struggles with that ourselves in the early days of our ministry. So we want you to know that. And right now, Claudia is going to talk a little bit from the Bible about a woman that God used and he used her story. And we want you to know that God will use your story as well. So Claudia, where are we in the Bible? Well, um, today we're gonna look at Tabitha and it's Acts 9. We're gonna look at 36 through 43 and just talk a little bit about who Tabitha was. Again, I think sometimes when we, if we're familiar with this story, we've we've heard this story in, in a sermon or church or whatever, um, we hear about Peter and this incredible miracle that took place. But if you just go below the surface, you can learn so much about Tabitha and who she was and how her story uh, changed and how I believe she gained a lot of um, confidence, just trust as a result of how God moved in her life. So I want to talk about Tabitha today. So we're going to start with uh, verse 36. Now in Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas, which also means gazelle. I don't know why that was put in there, but it says this woman, which we know this was a woman. Nobody can say, well, that could have been a man. No, it's a woman. And I love that um, Luke recorded this, all this about Tabitha right here. It says this woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. I love that about Tabitha. Look at her witness already. She's a disciple. She's like one of the few, if maybe the only named disciple where whoever's writing goes out of their way to say a disciple named blank and there's a woman's name there. Really doesn't happen. So this is very, very important that this was recorded that way. With deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did, Tabitha was a servant. She loved serving people. And I love that it is, it's um, captured here for us to see what kind of deeds these were. So we're going to keep reading and find out. It came about at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper room. That's, a, that's amazing that that happened, that here we're talking about Tabitha. We just get to know her and she dies. They washed her body. They're like, okay, well, we're going to follow the procedure we're supposed to do. We're going to place her in the upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, do not delay to come to us. Interesting that the disciples here in Joppa knew that Peter was nearby. So he must have come through or word had spread, whatever. Peter's in the area. He's doing this or that. And they go, they're sent out 
Tabitha is so important to this group of disciples, to this community, that they send out two disciples to go find Peter and have him come to them. I'm sure they had to tell Peter while they were while they were there. They didn't just say, Peter, come with us. I'm sure it was like, Peter, we have this woman. She's one of us. She's included in this group and she does amazing gifts. Of, she does amazing acts of kindness and compassion and charity in our community and we really need her. And so it says, Peter arose and he went with them. And when he had come, they brought him into the upper room and all the widows stood beside him weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with him. We have a room full of grieving people who have been the beneficiaries of her gifts and her abilities and her kindness and her acts of charity. So Peter's there and he listens and he sees all the things that she's done and he sends them all out and he knelt down and he prayed and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And I like to think about Peter maybe looking at Tabitha and saying, Tabitha, it's time to get back to your sewing machine. You have work to do. And when people get word of what has happened in your life, of your story, they're going to beat down your door to get one of your tunics. This is going to change your community. And I, I can't help but think that something like that happened. And he says, Tabitha, rise. He gave her his hand. He raised her up and calling the saints and widows that were there. He presented her alive to them. And it became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came about, Peter ended up staying there for a while with a certain tanner named Simon, and that goes into another story, of course. But, you know, we see Tabitha, and we see that she had this, she had a sphere of influence where she was. I'm not sure that she was as aware of it before she died as after she was risen from the dead. She might have thought, yeah, I sew because I can. I see a need and I help meet it. That's just kind of what I do. And then Peter raises her from the dead. And she had to have realized when she heard the story, when her friends and widows were telling her, can you, this is what happened to you. Can you believe this, Tabitha? When she realized that she was so needed and so wanted and such a vital part of that community that they sent disciples to Peter and said, we need this woman. You've got to come. And he raises her from the dead. Obviously, God needed her too and had more to do in her life. Raises her from the dead. And I believe that she realized once she was risen from the dead, how much she was needed and how much her ministry influenced her community. You know, that's an incredible story. And I think sometimes we, as women, we don't think about our sphere of influence. We might think about, oh yeah, we've got kids or my husband or my neighbors or where I work or where I worship. But each one of those places involve people. And we have the opportunity to have influence in those people's lives with your next door neighbor with your children. I don't think we realize the influence we have on our children. We just think we're supposed to raise them, but it's it's a huge responsibility. And and then our children's friends. There's another sphere of influence we might have. Our family, our church, our places of work are all places that we 
can help can start to increase um, our influence, but also see that as part of God's unfolding story in our lives, what he wants to do by placing us in these places and um, giving us a, just a reason to be where we are. He wants to use our story for his glory, definitely. And I love this, this just this whole picture of Tabitha and how she went from thinking, oh yeah, I kind of I, I kind of help people in the community to people um, believed as a result of her story and what had happened in her life. Well, and I love the fact that, you know, her deeds in the beginning were a story because when Peter came, they showed him all the clothes she'd made. Look, this is, this is her story. Yes. These are the things she's been doing. And for most of us, if we were seamstresses, if we did things like that, we would just think, well, that has nothing to do with God. This is just Something what I do. I do. Yeah. You know. I agree. But no, this was a ministry, and people appreciated her for it. And then she even had a greater story when they could say God raised her from the Absolutely. dead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember one of the first ministry responsibilities I had when I was when I came on staff with our church was as they asked me to come on as the kitchen coordinator. And I thought, I, I had to wait for a minute and go, wait a minute, I coordinate my kitchen at home. I mean, that's, that's what I do at home. That can't possibly be meaningful, or that can't possibly have any kind of influence. And as soon as I had that thought, or I, I thought about that for a while, and then I just realized, God, this is your church. You call this your house. This is a place of importance within the body of Christ, within this particular body. And I remember just kind of praying through Romans 1 and 2 about presenting your body as a living sacrifice. And I kind of hung on to that verse and, and told God, look, if you want me to clean kitchens and because we had two at our church this time, and order supplies and help ministries get the things they need, then I'll do it. If that was another surrender kind of opportunity for me, I want to do what you want me to do. And um, I took that responsibility and that led to me becoming an intern with the women's ministry um, in our church and many, many other opportunities that gave me. And still to this day, I think, although that was years and years and years ago, I think that could have been God's first little test for me. Are you willing to take this thing that looks like a small thing, but it is not. There, there, small things in God's hands are not small things. And uh, I think it was the way that I responded to that, that God allowed me to just learn a lot of basics about ministry and myself and even leadership by cleaning a kitchen and ordering supplies. Mm -hmm. You never know what God wants to do. Tabitha was just sewing, like you said. Right. Never thinking, God is going to turn this community upside down when people hear about my story. Right. And we all have we all have a story. We all have a story because and God uses those stories. It might be a story of salvation, it might be a story of surrender. I know that I was a very reluctant leader. I'm like many of the women that we feel like we're talking to. Yeah. I you know, don't ask me to do that. I'm not spiritually qualified. I should not be doing that. And yet when you say, Okay God, if you open the door I will go through it. Mm -hmm. And he does. It's a hard thing to do, but that, in many ways, is my, my 
my main story, I feel like, is I didn't want to be a leader. And God said yes and has used me because of that in ways that I would have never expected, nor did I want to be used Absolutely. that way. So it, I wasn't <laughs> seeking it in any way. I, I did not want that type of position, and yet God, that's my story now, is mm -hmm. that you may not feel like you're ready or that you're the right person, but if God puts you there, you you need to you need to try it. You need to see how it goes. So Absolutely. thank you, Claudia. We have uh, some other videos in this series, so I hope that you will go to our website and if if you don't connect to them immediately, that you will go to our website. Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries under Resources and General Leadership and look for the videos that Claudia talks about some other women that God used out of the scriptures. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.